You're listening to KEXP. You can find us at 90.3 FM in Seattle, streaming worldwide at KEXP.org and also on our free mobile apps. I'm Cheryl Waters. I'm down here in the KEXP studios with a beloved artist here at KEXP. One of our favorite records of the year is Dreamer. It's Nabiha Iqbal. Welcome. Thanks so much for having us. It's a dream come true, honestly. When we arrived, I felt like we came into this room and I said I felt like I was walking into YouTube because I've watched so many KEXP sessions on there. So thank you so much for inviting us to oh, perform. Thank you so much. Well, we hope you feel very at home here in return many, many times. I hope so too. <laughs> Let's see. The new album, Dreamer, so beautiful. I can't wait to talk to you about it. But even more, I can't wait to hear you perform songs from it. It's Nabiha Iqbal live on KEXP. Thanks. All right, well, we're going to start with the title track from the album, which is called Dreamer.
You're listening to Nabiha Iqbal live on KEXP. The next one is uh, This World Couldn't See Us. swiftly the the track we're going to do is gentle heart
Listening to Nabiha Iqbal live on KEXP, performing songs from the new album Dreamer. Yes. Okay, this last one we're doing is is called Closer Lover. Thank you. 
Mm. So beautiful. That's Nabiha Iqbal live on KEXP playing songs from the gorgeous new album, Dreamer. Thank you. That was awesome. Thanks. Oh, my God. I got... Wow. A little teary there. Yeah, I don't know. It's a lot of emotion. It's a lot of emotion, that last track. And, yeah, it's about, like, one of my best friends that died who was also amazing at music. And then, like, being here and doing this is, like, such a pinnacle moment. I'm just sad that she's not here. Oh, thank you for sharing that here with us live today. There's a lot of beautiful emotion in this new record. And the beginning of this journey was actually a pretty tumultuous one, I know, for you. You'd finished recording a record in 2019 when your studio got broken into, all your gear was stolen, and your recently completed album was on that equipment. Yeah. <laughs> and those are just things, but then your grandfather fell ill and you rushed right off. You just want me to cry the whole way. <laughs> I know, I feel terrible. <laughs> Karachi, but, uh, on, and on top of that, you broke your hand yeah, and yeah, couldn't work. Yeah. It just seemed like emotionally and physically you were so spent at that's that time. everything that's coming out right now, yeah. It's been really, really hard. It's been really hard, <laughs> but I did it. You really did do it. Yes, congratulations. <laughs> oh, Sorry, I'm ruining this. You're not ruining it. Oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. That's the beauty in the record. Yeah. All that beautiful emotion. Okay, I'm going to calm down. All right, you can... Do yeah, you, it's been... Really, no, it's fine. Yeah, it's been hard because... Yeah, it was really hard to make this album. A lot of things got in the way and there were times when I felt like I was never going to be able to do it. But somehow I managed. And the whole... This whole experience just made me realize how resilient like the human body and the human mind can be. And I'm really grateful for that. And I'm grateful to everyone who helped me along the way to get to this point. Yeah. Well, I understand in reading and in interviews that for a while you were spinning out a little bit over all that work that was lost. And I hope yeah. that your grandfather's doing well. I heard that he actually encouraged you to to get over it. Yeah, I and mean, so yeah, straight after my studio got burgled, um, I had to rush off to Pakistan because my granddad had a brain hemorrhage and he's my favourite person in the world. And suddenly that situation totally eclipsed the whole studio burglary thing. I wasn't even thinking about that anymore. I was just thinking about my granddad and being with him. And luckily he recovered from that. And when he was back from hospital and I was telling him about what happened to me, he was like, look, it's done, it's over. You've got to move on. You've got to start again and you've got to start now. And so, I mean, I was like, well, how am I going to do that? I don't have anything with me. But then... Um, I went, we went to, together to this, um, to this local music shop and I bought an acoustic guitar in Karachi and then I just started with that and just making voice note recordings on my phone and just coming up with like just different ideas of words or just like little kind of like song melody ideas. And then I also bought a harmonium and that, um, that was like a quite a big part of the journey. And it's the first, on this album, you hear the, the whole record starts and ends with the harmonium. And there's also the sitar on the track Lilac Twilight. And it's the first time that I've incorporated instruments from my Pakistani heritage on my music as well. But it felt like, I did it in a way that felt true to me and my sound palette. And um, it felt really important as well. I don't know, I've just reached this point, I guess, on, you know, everyone's on their journey, journey, on a journey, like, of identity, like, figuring out who they are and what they want to do. And then, yeah, I suddenly reached a point where I felt like I wanted to have that in my music. Did you just go off in a completely new creative direction or were you kind of trying, even with these new kinds of instruments, to recreate what you had already done that you could remember? 
Um, well, to be honest, um, first of all, like it's it felt hard to recreate stuff that wasn't even finished in the first place. It just felt like I don't know, like too forced. And then the other thing was that I was forcibly like put in the situation where I was like, you know, really far away from my studio because I ended up being stuck in Pakistan for quite a while because then because then they announced a strict lockdown. Um, and I couldn't get back to London, but you know that turned out to be a blessing in disguise. So I didn't have anything. I just had a guitar, and like the only thing I could record on was my phone. And I also was so traumatized by the studio burglary and not being able to remember all the things I'd lost. Because I think a lot of electronic producers can probably relate that when you go in the studio or when, wherever you are and you start working on music and you just like open up your computer and you start doing things and then building up ideas from from there and and then. Yeah, you kind of like, well, for me anyway, sometimes I'm, I'm making something and I like it, but I'm not really paying attention. Or I'm not going to remember all the different parts of it because you're like, oh, it's on the computer. And I didn't want to be in that situation again. So it wasn't anything revolutionary. It was just me getting back to basics, where it's like just me with a guitar and the ideas in my head. And I didn't actually record anything for a good seven or eight months after that because I didn't want... I didn't want that same thing to happen. I wanted everything to be in my mind. And in that way, it, it did go in a different creative direction because it was the first time I'd ever been more patient and given myself more space. And I let all the different ideas just kind of like grow and evolve and shift. And then maybe towards the end of 2020 or beginning of 2021 is when I first started recording, like actually recording things in. And making it more solid. And then you got out of London for that as well. I know that you went to Scotland and Suffolk and you talked about getting off all electronics, your phone, social media. Are you disciplined in general as a writer or is that something you were like, I'm going to try this? And um, I'd say I am quite disciplined in general when I need to be. <laughs> I feel like anyone who's self-employed, you have to have that. Like, you know, especially when you're an artist, you're self-employed. Like, you don't have a boss telling you what to do or what deadlines to meet. You have to do it for yourself. And if you don't, nothing's ever going to happen. So, um, so I am quite disciplined. And then I, I guess also I was like so frustrated with all the setbacks. And then I finally had this opportunity to really focus on the work and forget about everything. So I said to myself, if I don't do it now, I'm going to kick myself and I don't and then I don't deserve to be here to like, you know, have this beautiful studio space in the middle of nature. Because the first time the first residency I did was up in Scotland and it was a really remote place. There was no Wi-Fi. It was a two hour walk to the nearest shop. Luckily, I had a car, so I didn't actually have to deal with that. But, um, but you know, it was nothing. And I, I logged out of Instagram. I literally just like chucked my phone away I didn't look at it my mum was freaking out a bit she was like you went all the way there and you just didn't even phone us we were worried about you <laughs> but um but no it was good and then yeah just total silence and getting inside yourself and then working on the music and that's a real privilege and because I knew it was a privilege I had to make the most of it well, you definitely did. I mean, you have this gift of harmoniously weaving these different themes together, nature, your heritage, meditation on the whole host of emotions that we're experiencing today. They all come out in this beautiful record. Well, I'm really glad that you said that and that you feel it because so much went into it. And I feel like whenever I make music, um, as long as the people who listen to it have some sort of emotional response to it, then I'm doing the right thing. 
So thanks. <laughs> I love how much your family has come up in this very short discussion today. And I've heard that growing up, they encouraged creativity as well as academics. And you have done many things in your your long life. We, we uh, alluded to you being a radio host. You're also a club DJ, a writer, um, an educator. And I know that you um, have also have a law degree. Did your parents have you know, just a full open-mindedness towards where that might all take you? Well, I mean, yeah, they definitely encouraged me and all my siblings to do as much as possible on the academic side and the creative side. But I think, obviously, they were like, in the end, she's going to be a lawyer, right? She's going to be a barrister. <laughs> so, I mean, like, having an arts career was definitely not on the table for them. Um, so when I, like, ditched the law for the music, they were like, no. <laughs> um, but... I think they're all right with it now. Actually, my granddad's been my biggest supporter since day one, so I owe that to him. And, um, you know, my parents actually just got to the States yesterday or the day before. They're in New York, and they are going to come to our last show on this U.S. tour next week, and it's going to be the first time that they've both been... Well, my mum comes to a lot of shows, but my dad's actually never seen come to see me live because I think maybe he's still traumatised by the fact he thought he was going to have a daughter that would be a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so he's gonna, they're gonna, both going to be there and two of my brothers will be there as well. So it'll be a really special show and I'm looking forward to performing for them. You're making me tear up now. Really both. now anybody else want to have a good cry? <laughs> uh, it's so wonderful to have you here. We absolutely love the record. Our listeners and all of our wonderful DJs here can't play it enough. Oh, thank you so much. And I don't know, is this the end of the chat? Unless you've got more you want well, to say. Well, I would really like to introduce the band uh -huh. that I'm here with because um, I owe so much to them and they're three incredible musicians in their own right. I, and it's been a, an amazing journey so far to perform with them and rehearse with them and hang out with them and <laughs> get on planes together. <laughs> but yeah, we're halfway through the tour now. So standing opposite me is Beth O'Lenahan on bass. Um, she's not new to KXP. She was here last year to play with Nilifo Yanya, another amazing UK artist. And then on drums, we've got Remy Graves, who's also... This is your second time, right, on KXV. Um, and, no, it's just been... Remy also features on the album. They drummed on four of the tracks that you hear on the record. So, yeah, just a forever indebted to you. And then um, standing next to me is my really good friend, Al. And we've been friends for quite a few years, met through music and... I was just thinking yesterday as well, it was just so funny, like the trajectory of like how we cross paths and we've like been on each other's radar and done things together. And now we're like touring together and he's just a musical genius and I love everything he does. So I'm really, I'm like a fangirl of him and I'm still like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm friends with him. I can't believe he's playing my music. Oh my God, what? <laughs> and now my yeah. cheeks hurt from smiling so much. <laughs> That's great. Okay. Well, thank you all. It's such a pleasure to have all of you here, and we hope to see you again. Have a wonderful tour, and just, again, a beautiful album, Dreamer, from Nabiha Iqbal. Thank you. Thank you so much to our wonderful listeners as well for making sessions like this possible. You can learn more about us at kexp.org. And we are a listener-supported station, so if you want to support great sessions like this one and so many more, feel free to make a gift anytime at kexp.org. Again, Nabiha Iqbal live on the KEXP studios. Thank you so much.